Newtown is a special African-American community with special people. Most of the early arrivals came to Sarasota looking to better their lives. An indomitable spirit emerged out of their struggle, and a strong faith ushered them through many challenges. The Newtown Alive Project recorded oral history interviews to preserve community history and pride. I'm Vicki Oldham. Community advocate, civil rights leader, activist. Dr. Edward E. James II fiercely fought battles on behalf of his Newtown community. He stood in the gap, insisting, resisting, refuting, and disrupting arcane systems and processes that blocked equal access and opportunity. Dr. James was producer and host of the ABC7 television show, Black Almanac, on the air for over 43 years. James was interviewed October 2015 by Haley L. Jordan as part of New College of Florida's Sarasota Oral History Project in partnership with us, Newtown Alive. Dr. James begins the interview with a little family history. I am... Edward, middle initial E, James II. I am an only child. I have three youngsters. Shouldn't call them youngsters because they all are adults now. But to a father, they always will be my youngsters. My mother, Annie Blue McElroy, is one of the first four graduates of Booker High School. Her parents, Jack and Miriam Jones, both were domestic workers. They had a restaurant, they had a taxi service. My grandparents owned the first telephone in the black community, and it was in, in their business. During the Depression, when no teachers were getting paid, my grandparents sold soup in their restaurant to pay the black teachers. Now, it's depression, it's soup, how much can you be selling soup for? But whatever, they, all that money went for black teachers. There's a pioneering spirit in our family. He describes the battle to open Sarasota beaches beginning in 1955. Mr. Neil Humphrey Sr., who owned a place called Humphrey's Sundries, led that campaign. Dr. James describes Humphrey as a man small in stature, but a fiery, God-fearing, and kind person. Mr. John Henry Rivers was his assistant, and Mrs. Prevail Carner Barber was a member of his cabinet. Mr. Neil Humphrey, he led the fight to integrate the beaches in Sarasota. The first thing that they would do, the way that the city would fight us, would a police car would come and say, the beach is closed, everybody leave. Well, Alpha would leave, and as soon as they got back across the Wrangland Bridge, the beach mysteriously reopened again. 
but before the fight was over for the beaches, the city fathers saw that the persistence of the NAACP at a point, and they said, look, how would you all feel about if we would build you a swimming pool at the Newtown Community Center? And you wouldn't have to go all the way to the beach. We said, great idea, great. We'd love that pool. So we kept the caravan going. They said, but we are making, you can see the progress. We are building the pool. Say, but you haven't finished it yet. And you may stop. And the caravans kept coming. Now, the pool is finished. They had the dedication of the pool, the ribbon cutting. Everybody was happy. Then we took another caravan. We left the pool and went to the beaches again. They proposed all kinds of things for us. They said they would give us the beach down in Venice, behind the airport in Venice. And that wasn't fit for a beach. It was very, very rocky. You had to walk over rocks to get there. The only thing that resembled the beach was water. It had water. It's a funny thing how the thing that we had the most of, that God put here, man tried to uh, regulate it to their own foolish ways. Dr. James was a proud Florida A&M University graduate. He was a columnist and a governmental reporter for the Sarasota Journal newspaper. He was also a writer, associate producer of Positively Black, a half-hour TV show on New York's WNBC-TV. And he also worked as an editorial assistant for the New York Post. Now, on a holiday break from college, the FAMU student challenged a long-held policy and went face-to-face with the man who ran City Hall. The Newtown community had no access to a real library. During the Christmas of 1957, I came home and with three other people who were high school classmates, book high school class of 1957 was our graduation day. And one of them was Ralph Honor, who was also a student at Florida a and I said, let's go to the library and check out some books. And he said, why do you want to go? You know we can't get any books from the library. I said, well, let's go see. He said, look, I don't want to do this. They would always say, now, my friends, when I would come up with these various kind of ideas. Now, if they say we can't, we're going to leave, right? I say, right. Now, you promise now we, we're not going to confront anybody. I say, no, no, no. So Roosevelt Ball, A.W. Ball, Ralph Honor, and myself, we went down the North Trail to the library. We walked in. There was a counter just beyond the front door, kind of. We walked up and stood there for a minute. And then the librarian came out and said, can I help you? I said, yes, um, we, we are going to check out some books. Proudly said, we're college students. We need to do some research over the holidays. She said, have you tried the Newtown Library? I said, that's not a library, that's a joke. And my two partner was getting a little edgy. Raph was the closest to me. He kicked me on the leg. And I said, it is our plan to check out some books today. And ma'am, you should call whoever you need to call 
so that that can happen. And then she, she, she said, uh, uh, hold on just a minute. And she called the number. We don't know where she was calling to. One of my friends said, she's probably calling the police. We need to go. We need to go right now. And I said, well, I'm not going to go right now. Just hold on for a little bit. And they said, but you promised. You promised that. And they said, we couldn't really. I said, no, just hold on a little bit. Maybe the day is the day. And then she, then there are some things like yes, no, no, to whoever she was talking to. James's remarkable story was history-making in many respects. We later found that she was talking to the city manager at that time, Ken Thompson. So she handed the phone to me and said, uh, Mr. Thompson wants to talk to you. And so I said, hello? He said, hi, I'm Ken Thompson. Who am I talking to? I said, I'm at James. He says, do I know you? I say, no, Mr. Thompson, I don't think so, and I don't know you. He said, well, I'm the city manager. I understand you want to check out some books from the library. I said, yes. And I understand that you didn't go to the Newtown Library. I said, there is no Newtown Library. You mean those two shelves of old magazines and, and books with torn pages in the community center? He said, um, do your parents know that you're there? I said, no. What would they say if they knew you were there demanding service? I said, they would probably say it's about time. He said, well, would you come down and talk to me? I'm at City Hall. Do you know where City Hall is? I said, no. He says, do you know where the old wooden city piers? I said, yes. He said, well, we're at a building at the back of that pier. I'd like to have a conversation with you. I said, okay, we'll be right there. And so the librarian appeared to be relieved from what she was hearing, and I gave her the phone back. And then my friend said, where do you say we're going now? <laughs> I said, we're going to City Hall. Where is City Hall? He said, the city pier, you know. Well, the deputy said, I'm not going. He said, they're probably going to drown us there. <laughs> I said, oh, come on, that's not going to happen. So he decided he wasn't going to go. Ralph said, tell you what, I'm going with A.W. so you can tell us what happened when you get back, if you get back. And they walked because I had the car. It was a bold and courageous act for a college student at that time, and it pushed the doors open for Newtown children to enter the county library. I went, and that day I met Ken Thompson. The first city hall was where Marina Jacks is now, and that was a wooden structure, not the fancy concrete structure that rises out of Sarasota Bay now. And I sit down and talk with him. He said, where are your friends? I said, well, some of them had something to do, so they went back. And we had probably about a 15-minute talk, and he says, okay, go back, to the go back to the library and get your books now. And I guess he told her, and she gave me the equivalent of a card, and, and I told her what I was looking for. I don't even remember what it is at this point. I went on back, saw my friends and said, 
you can go to the library now, no thanks to you. And they said, well, you're always fussing with somebody about something. They're going to kill you one day. I said, but it wasn't today. And that's how the library system became integrated. I've done many things. I like to think I've done more good things than bad. I always try to put people first. And when I speak publicly, I often say, because people will like to brand you how they would like to brand you as a speaker or as an individual. I am anti no one, but I'm unabashedly black. Dr. James never stopped challenging the status quo. Over the years, he developed a relationship with the city manager. When there were issues in the community, after James returned home as an adult, he'd meet with Ken Thompson to find solutions. In 1972, a federal lawsuit, James versus the city of Sarasota, was filed with plaintiffs John Rivers, William Fred Jackson, publisher of a black newspaper in the community, and Sheila Sanders, a young woman and a 1968 graduate of Sarasota County Public Schools. A judge ruled in favor of the plaintiffs. The action changed the at-large voting system in the city to single-member district voting. Dr. James died in 2018. He had an extensive background in government and public relations. The fierce defender of the voiceless is the recipient of the Sarasota NAACP President's Award, a Lifetime Service Award, and a Freedom Award. We appreciate his work. Funding for this program was provided through a grant from the Florida Humanities Council with funds from the National Endowment for the Humanities. Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of the Florida Humanities Council or the National Endowment for the Humanities. Visit NewtownAlive.org for more information on this episode and other projects.